Good evening, and you are very welcome here. Just as you come over, the noise rafters have been lifted as Ulster take to the field, uh, looking to get a win after last week's disappointing defeat to Zebra. Connacht already out on the pitch. The stand-up for the Ulster men rings around the stadium. On commentary today, William Davis. First, William, welcome along. Thanks, Rob. The atmosphere has just switched on here. It was... Uh, quite quiet there for a little while although Connick got a nice round of applause and it's like a switch has been flicked and everybody's ready to go here very much so also a commentary today Alan Deegan Alan big test for Connick Ulster obviously warm favourite yes they certainly are and it's a, a decent crowd in I think it looks about 80-85% full and the uh, terraces are all very full and there's, in, uh, there's certainly a, a sense of excitement and a a tingle of expectation about this match. Ulster getting ready for a Champions Cup game against Wasps next week. Connacht will be taking on Onya in the European Challenge Cup, but this is interprovincial weekend in the Pro 14. Possibly the one round that really does match up perfectly with European rugby in terms of what it means and how important it is. And we are underway. Leah Leofano is the out half for Ulster. He's kicked off. Connacht have received and kicked down field. They found touch and they've steadied themselves to start this game. Here's Tommy Bow. Barbie and low, Butler high, and Butler's on his feet. He's getting over the top of that ball. Great work for the Australian, as far as the referee's concerned, though. Nope. This is the first kick at goal this evening. It's, it's a real sort of old style interprovincial, and no score. And we're, what are we in? 28 minutes. 28 minutes half. gone. John Cooney's lining up this kick then at the post. He's just seen an opportunity maybe to, to get his side on the scoreboard. And it's interesting, the Luster aren't interested in going into the corner. The kick, though, is uh, only nine metres inside the connect half of the field. And it is in or about 13 metres in from the left-hand touchline for the right-footed kicker, John Cooney, who kicked so well when he was in the green of Connacht. He's now in the white of Ulster, and he belts that ball towards the post. Has it got the accuracy? Wonderful kick from John Cooney. That settles things down a little here. It certainly does. They'll, they'll be happy with that. But I have to say, as a visiting team, you'd be very pleased to be only 3-0 down, considering the amount of possession and territory that, that Ulster have had. You're talking about... Um, 66% territory for, for Ulster and to only have three points at this stage at home isn't, isn't great but Connacht now need to make sure that the next score is theirs Barbier digs it out himself here's Aki dances defeat and then tries to get through the gap what an offload to Tom Farrell Farrell gets it off and John Muldoon's out there in the wing and he takes it up to the 22 he could have found Barbier but instead just played it safe Aki acts a scrum out this is good from Connacht trading 3-0 but definitely on the front foot with a carry from Corinne Rue stopped just outside the 22 Aki again Carty there's Butler McCartney's the decoy, Crosby out to Healy, this could be on now, McKeown gives it to Keller, Keller back inside, chance for Connick, they're almost over the line, they're stopped just short, how did they not score? I don't know why Keller didn't take it Here they go again, McCartney at the side, if Connick got over the line, they have! Try time for Connick, no more than they deserved on the basis of the attack, which was outstanding, and a brilliant score in the end, Tom as McCartney. Tom McCartney got yeah. in at the fringes those little things making a big difference as Quinn Rue, Rue picks it up and Barbie is going to go on the short side what's out there well Keller shugs off the tackle Keen Keller is away he needs someone in support what an offload opportunity for McKeown somehow he's taken to ground into 22 he does very well to get on his feet again and Ulster now on the wrong side fall on the ball what is the call for the referee it looks like Ulster got the turnover it looked like they were on the wrong side on that occasion but they have turned it over going to attack the short channel Connick could be isolated Piantown a kick through Connick chasing back Healy's underneath this what's Piantown taking out crowd takes so Healy shrugs off the tackle and now Connick counter-attack from inside their own half. Back comes Matt Healy. There is an Ulster player injured. The crowd want the game stopped, but Connick are attacking and they have an advantage and they're going to have the penalty and that's going to infuriate the crowd as Marmion attacks. Still we play on with an Ulster player getting treatment. 
Collington players on this short side. Delab pops it up. This is really chaotic stuff here at the moment because Piatau is lying on the ground injured. Ulster wants some treatment. Marmion has dropped the ball. We'll go back for the penalty and the crowd are raging. Alan? I have to say I didn't see what happened to Piatau. I was following where he kicked the ball. Well, I think unstructured is about... It doesn't go halfway to describe what was going on there, which included... Uh, I think Steve Crosby running with the ball in one hand like a quarterback trying to look in round for somebody to pass the ball to but the referee doesn't seem to have gone to a TMO <laughs> so there's the kick from Piatau and Connick charging in for the block down and took him out this reminds me of uh, Crosby. Yeah. CJ Stander type scenario he tried to block it down doesn't look a lot to it really he's jumped in the air the referee's looked at it and he says it's fine I think well, I'm not sure what Crosby's meant to do when he's up in the air and he wasn't that high. Let's have a look at it again. Crowd obviously feel like it's a definite penalty. Referee says nothing to deal with here. He had seen it in open play. He saw it again. William? I can't say anything wrong with that. I think if you're, if you're, if you're going to do that, you're going to stop any contact in the game. Chris Henry being sent away by the referee um, after going up twice to talk to him. Crowd are now really switched on here. This is a proper interpro. There's, uh, there's a lot of intensity out there and um, this is a huge kick for uh, Jack Cardy straight in the middle of the field he's about a third of the way past the 10 metre line at this end of the ground the crowd usually quiet for these kicks they're booing and whistling they're not, uh, they're okay. not behaving to the usual standards I'd expect up here Jack Cardy lines up the kick the crowd roar what a what an atmosphere here now. The Ulster fans are fuming. We've looked at it. We think it's fine. That's our view. Here's Carney in front of the post, but about 30 metres back. And Jack Carney puts it through the post. Wonderful kick from Carney. And did you see the little whoop he gave? He just gave a little fist up as if to say, feck you, I'm going to stay on this. I, I can take that sort of pressure. Alton Delad shrugs off a tackle and is taken down inside their own 22 Connick trailing by a point 9-8 what a game this is now all of a sudden ball spread wide and that's wise because there might be something on out here Jared Butler opportunity to move her with Crosby here goes Matt Healy he's away inside is Marmion Healy tries to chip over Piatau Piatau wins and he has Marmion on the inside shoulder and he missed the opportunity Piatau sends it in field and Ulster come back with Stockdale real danger for Connick if they don't make their tackle Piatau on the shoulder this could be Troy's out for Ulster Stockdale in under the post what a Ulster win the line out six metres from their own line 30 seconds to go they're down to 14 men they just need to play through a couple of phases Connacht are fighting bitterly to the end but this scoreline well you know you, you can lose by 25 points and it'll be the same return nothing from it they certainly will take a lot of positives in terms of the performance to go with last week but the lack of a point is going to sting and it really will have a scratch in their heads why they didn't kick those three points there when they had the chance the count, countdown for the crowd Ulster about to wrap up yet another victory over Connacht at this venue digging it out and kicking to touch that is that John Cooney the last man to touch the ball at 80 minutes they're up on the clock and the full time whistle from Andrew Brace goes and Connacht get absolutely nothing from a massive effort 16 points for Ulster 8 points for Connacht Alan Deegan first yeah I think it's a very disappointing result yet again um, but again it's another very, very good performance. The question is, how long can you keep going on just performances? Do you need to get points on the board? It's a professional game. Winning's important. Getting points is important. Um, they lost effectively to an absolutely world-class piece of play from Charles Piatau and, and Jacob Stockdale, who did some unbelievable interplay. Having from a from a Connacht, you know, 
Okay, there was a little chip ahead from, from um, Matt Healy, which could have bounced Connacht's win. It didn't. It went their way. They scored a try and got in front. However, two chances to kick points to get within two points, which meant when they were taking penalties down here, they could have been kicking a penalty to win the match. William? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to know actually where, what, what to take out of that. Um, it was a very open, entertaining, high-paced game. Um, but I, 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 I would have to agree with Alan. I just think you, you, to get nothing two weeks in a row, it's professional sport. You've got to, you've got to grab your opportunities, and they haven't done that tonight. They played really, really well. It really turned on one decision by Matt Healy. Yeah. You know, I mean, if he, we, we think we haven't seen it again, but we think that Kieran Marmion was coming up on the outside. He didn't keep the ball in hand, and in the space of. 15 seconds they were going in under the post and that won them the game Yeah, uh, and that's hard to take a lot of effort, they're playing a bit better but at the key, key moments they're still not converting the chances there's a line out here or there that disappears and it's, you know you, you feel if you'd won a couple of games earlier in the season, this is the sort of game you could go on and win, but it hasn't happened and no, but I suppose you're going to look at something where they'll look at this and go, OK, we played the best team in the league uh, in Scarlet. You played against the North side in a place where we never win, so it doesn't really matter. What they have to do now is start winning games. They've got themselves up to the level where they want to play. They've come away from home for two games and been just as good as the opposition. A world-class try from world-class... Well, a world-class... Jock Jacob Stockdale certainly looks as though he could be yeah, a world-class player. Um, you know, the, the way he stayed in the game and with Piatow there making that sort of decision. Connacht don't quite have players of that capability. Yet, we're hammering away at the line near the end. And, and last week, we're, we're very, very competitive against Scarlets. For, for a new coach with a new coaching team, Connacht have come on massive amounts in the last two weeks. You still have to win games, though. William, the stats back up what Alan's saying there. 57% possession, 60% territory in the game. 390 metres with ball in hand are just some of the stats. Connacht had 15 defenders beaten on four clean line breaks in total, as well as the defenders beaten two Ulsters, 12, and just the one clean line break. And that one clean line break is what's uh, given Ulster the win and given them uh, an eight-point margin as well. Yeah, but they still didn't win. and They still didn't get a point, and that's... That's the problem. That's when you sit down in the cold light yep. of day. That's what you're looking for as a professional site. You can see improvements. But it's the decision, Alan. And, yeah. and William, it's the decision not to exactly. take the three points. It's not even... You'd nearly take it if they hadn't given the opportunity. Well, there's two penalties turned down and the conversion was missed. That's eight points. Now, I'm not saying to kick the penalties. But that's pragmatic rugby to me. And it, you wonder, is it a case that the, the kicker wasn't... I mean, Jack Hardy's a normal kicker. Uh, he wasn't on the field for those two penalties. So did the kicker not say, I'm going to take this? It's, it's I'm going to do this? We, we don't know. But you have to ask that question because in tight games like this, uh, if you'd kicked one of those, Ulster then are under real, real pressure. Exactly, yeah. Alan, before we go, some of the standout players today for you for, for in, in the green of Connacht. Uh, Jared Butler, I thought, was outstanding. I thought he was... Absolutely, a huge carry, an amazing amount of carries with the ball. Uh, very ably supported by Owen McCone before he went off. Who I thought did an enormous amount of grunt work around the field. Best player for me was Jack Carty. I thought he was uh, really outstanding before he got injured. He was running the game, he was controlling the game. Um, and Crosby came on and gave us something different. William? Yep, absolutely. Um, I think Farrell... Bundy is so heavily marked that the other centre has got to 
be there to to use the space because the space appears because two and sometimes it's almost two and a half players because there's another player thinking I better go after Bundy as well so there is a little bit of space there and you, that partnership got broken up because of injuries if that partnership had stayed together they seem to be really forging a partnership they do yeah they're certain to play off of one another they're certain to they seem to be able to read each other's lines and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to achieve um, and you know you'd have to be very very pleased with that uh, from an Ulster point of view uh, Stocksdale really looks like a very dangerous player he drifts in and out of the game but when they get the ball to him in any sort of space he's an incredibly dangerous player and Charles Piotow shows what sort of a world class player he is but the Ulster defence their front up tackling was absolutely brilliant Yes, it really was tremendous Stuart McCloskey was yeah. what a he, game he, he has. tidies up so many messy unclear situations by just pairing in making the right decision, getting his hands on the ball, getting in the way. Yeah. He's a huge man, and I think at times he was the difference with, with, with that tackling line. Uh, I was also impressed with Kieran Treadwell, particularly in the second half, but quite the first half. Uh, Connick will be pleased with the way they kept John Diesel quiet, and I think the Connick back row played exceptionally well. But they got to drive on. We're moving into the European phase now. Next Saturday in Oya. Absolutely. In Geneva. In Geneva, of all strange places, to go and watch a rugby match and and, and talk about it. But they they have progressed. But there's going to be a frustration there again. And there has to be some questions asked about the decision-making. Ulster, defensively, really impressive. Um, I'm still not sure... Where they actually, um, where where they actually are at times, they do seem to get switched on and off. Yeah, the kickoff next Saturday night is at 8 p.m. Uh, in in uh, yeah, Geneva, so it's sure 7 p.m. Irish time, and we'll be uh, live here at Goyle FM from half six online, Goyle FM and on FM as well uh, from seven o'clock. Yep, yeah, and that's another challenge for these players now to get themselves ready to go on the road for the third week in a row and to go in a it's harder to analyse these teams Yeah. so the games are usually a bit more frenetic you can hardly get much more frenetic than that tonight <laughs> yeah certainly the, in the second half because the systems went out the window at times yeah um, and they did and, and, and it was great to see in a little bit of, in, a, in a way there wasn't so much structured play there was a lot, a lot of unstructured play I think one of the reasons that, that the, the European games are slightly madder is that they don't know the opposition and the opposition don't know them so you have to learn on the hoof as per the amateur day um, and then you get to see who the real rugby players are in my mind because then they're able to think on their feet and, uh, and again that was what impressed me quite a lot tonight if you look at that game Ulster scored a try from absolutely nowhere but never ever looked like scoring any, anything else apart from the couple of penalties Connacht kicked two penalties and they're within two points of winning the game if Connacht are, are, are within a score of the game Ulster aren't quite as comfortable I just wonder if Ulster though they did have a few chances in the first half where they should have put past the hand and maybe Piatau should have found the offload Definitely, or, yeah. and so on and so forth that maybe they would have had it a little bit more they would have been a little bit calmer and maybe dealt with some of the pressure that was coming their way in the second half but Connacht just got under this game from start to finish William Foyley you really feel they need to win next week uh, 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 absolutely yeah. first of all they need a win so yeah. it doesn't matter what competition it's in but I think Europe provides a, a clear cut structure of six games you need to win five of those games then you're looking at a home quarter final I know that's miles away but if you start off badly in, in that competition 
then you're just you're on a losing roll. And the next time we're involved in, in uh, Pro 14 action, we've got Munster coming to Galway. There's another huge interprovincial game. Yep. Next week's game, totally different thing. Football stadium in Geneva. We don't know how many people are going to turn up. We don't know if Oyenya are going to be interested or not. But the, you have to go, Connacht have to go out and do their thing. And that's, that's the key. But a win, look, winning's a great habit in any sport. Doesn't matter, you get a win. Um, they had a chance tonight just didn't maybe the clarity of thinking and the execution at various times wasn't right that's it really for us it's, it's been a it's been an enjoyable afternoon and a real battle yeah yeah again Connacht once again showing that they're capable of playing with the best in the league um, you know um, and it took a, a, a try from almost the ends of the earth to, to sort of scream them open and it came from a situation of, of broken play where Connacht had got themselves out of trouble Matt Healy made a great break um but a world a world class piece of play from Charles Piatau, who, you know, th- this is what you want from your world class players. He didn't do a whole hell of a lot else during the game, but he certainly did um, did the thing when it was needed and got them the win that they they were desperately looking for as well because they've got huge games coming up in Europe. Uh, it's been another really entertaining evening here uh, in Belfast. It's a great place to come for rugby. If you're a Connacht fan, you're thinking of doing an away game maybe next season. Yeah, uh, I know they're on a Friday night, which doesn't suit people. Work schedule. Maybe next year we might get a Saturday, uh, but BBC Northern Ireland love this game on a Friday night, um, particularly the, the Connacht one. But if if you want to come to a really raucous place, that's um, uh, it, it is brilliant, There's, and it is worth taking the Friday off. Like, look for the season when the when the fixtures come out next season. Look for the Ulster game and book the day off and come up here and watch a game of rugby with some really good rugby people. When John Muldoon came off for his, you know, just his substitution, quite a number of people stood up. Like everybody clapped him, and a number of people stood up to clap him off. Like you don't get that anywhere else, you know. They, and they clapped the team off when they come off the field. It was fabulous to see. They really are great rugby fans. They know the rugby. They get really frustrated with their own team. But they, they, as I say, I've never heard. I was struggling to hear you guys when they were at the top of their, the peak of their noise. And this was only 75% full. It must be incredible when it's 100% full. Well, it'll probably be that for Wasps next weekend. I mean, yep. Europe is so important to Ulster. Connacht in the, in the, what maybe is the lesser competition, but I think it's hugely important, the European part of the season. Um, valiant effort tonight. Some of the decision-making just cost them. But you can take it further than that if you yeah. want. If you go want down to, to the next apple green. The yeah. one where you stopped on the way. Yeah, know. we can swap over there and then we can swap maybe again in the infield or something. This podcast oh. isn't brought to you by Apple Green, but these are the kind of conversations <laughs> we have to have where we've got three hours ahead of us before we get home. The post-game section of the podcast. Yeah, should be lucky. Four, yeah. <laughs> Four hours. Four and a bit. Yeah, I'd say so. Let's stop for food. Aren't we stopping for food? We are, producer? yes. We are stopping for food, yes. I'm allowing you to have something to eat. Hey, do you know what we should stop for as well? Ulster press conferences is just about to start. So let's yeah, head down to me that. chatting to Kieran Keane and Kieran Marmion in the post-game audio. Kieran, do the performances kind of make it easier to take the results over the last two games based on the difficulty and the challenges there was at stake in both the Scarlets and here today against Ulster? Yeah, well, these two sides are... Uh, cut above what we'd met earlier on so you know we've stepped up to the plate um, but obviously the opposition have stepped up too so I'm not 
massively disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed for the boys, you know, because of the really good week we had. and um, We trained the house down. We're in a good space mentally. We came here to, to offer a real big challenge. And we didn't go away. We didn't capitulate. We showed a lot of grit and determination, as we normally do. But um, just lacked a little bit of polish. In terms of a new regime, which of course this is, we're looking for trends that show the team are on an upward curve, and that's obviously what a lot of people are going to take from this. Having said that, you really would be disappointed not to take a point away from it, uh, having had a chance to get a losing bonus point at the end. Yes, no, no, we're disappointed about the points and 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 you know the fact that you know our record's not flash, but uh, in terms of um, effort and attitude, um, I think things are going along pretty well, you know and. Um, we just got to hang tough. We just got to stay, stay in, stay tight, stay together, and and things will change. That kick from Matt Healy, if it goes a bit further, maybe it's a different game. But the turnaround was phenomenal. Well, it was a 14-pointer, wasn't it? So, um, so yeah, no things. We haven't had a lot of breaks. Um, you know, we didn't get a lot of good calls. A couple of rough uh, area, you know, a couple of rough calls probably either way. But you know, I thought. The whole day, the whole day was a was a pretty pretty good day, you know, for rugby fans. I hate to say it on such a positive performance, but the pragmatist in me is wondering why Connick didn't take three points to get within seven and take a point. Do you think that way in, that, in those closing stages? Yeah, no, that was me. That was all me. I um, I thought we could still win. Okay. Um, so uh, we were we only came here to win. So we wanted to create a little bit of history today, uh, never beaten them here and uh, that was my call. Looking then to Europe next week, there is certainly a bit more pressure on the outcome in those games probably, would that be fair to say, would you be looking for two wins to try and get this team you know, back to winning ways I guess? Yeah, we're, we're really searching for some momentum and you know, um, we need it desperately you know, otherwise heads will drop and People lose confidence and so on and so on, but um, I think I think we'll be okay. Heads are up at the board. Yeah, they are. They are. You know, they're a good group. Really enjoying them, and uh, they certainly trying really hard. Kieran Marmion, you've been here many a time in many a battle. This one seemed the most intense battle I can remember in Ravenhill for Connacht and Ulster. Would you feel that on your trips here? Yeah, it was certainly a physical game. Um, we came up here. We really thought we could get a result up here. Um, we put in pretty good performance, but just didn't quite get there at the end. Um, nearly got in for a try at the end to make it um, a good finish, but it uh, just didn't happen for us. But... I think we're getting better, and each week we're improving, so um, that's, I guess that's a good stepping stone. Must have got that sense at halftime that this was on, 5-3 up, and, and Ulster looking a little bit rattled. Yeah, we definitely were in there at halftime, and we thought the game was definitely there to be taken. Um, we just said we just need to push on, um, and I guess we did come out well, but um, I just that try where we got a break, and they turned around and scored from it. Um, I think that was a bit of a turning point in the game, but um, I think we're creating opportunities and we're, like I said, we're getting better, but it just didn't click it in the end today. Medley, it was impressive how Connacht even responded to that because he spent the next 10 or 15 minutes attacking him, but that being said, it didn't turn into points. There was a few opportunities after us just trying to, had you scored, it would have been some answer, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I think it's just been a bit more clinical. We've got ourselves into good positions. Uh, we're playing some good rugby, but just the odd knock-on or bad pass and uh, just shunted the momentum. So um, I think if we can just tidy that up uh, going forward, we'll be in a good place. We're getting the impression that the team are settling into the new regime and the new ideas more in the last two weeks than they were in the first four weeks. Is that fair? Yeah, obviously, whenever a coach comes in, it takes a bit of time, but... I think we are starting to get better. Um, it's definitely looking a bit more fluid out there and things are picking up. So um, hopefully if we can just put them all together and stop the little mistakes, we can uh, get some good results going forward. Yeah, trip to France next week. Whoever ends up there, you really want to get a win on the board now, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I'm into a different competition next week. So uh, we're going to that, um, going to that looking, looking for a win. So um, I guess just back to training and try and iron out the mistakes that we're making today. Welcome back. Okay, so that was uh, audio from downstairs in the tunnel. I just mentioned before this link that the Ulster lads have gone in for their press conference. Here's Les Kiss. Uh, probably the key message at half time was a couple of things actually, but um, uh, patience. You know, just stick with it. If we play with the speed and we're a you know can be a little bit more clinical, we, we, we know we could probably you know stretch them a little bit. Um, it's never going to be easy to score, you know, straight away all the time against them. You have to stay patient and get get possession on possession and you know ruck after ruck. Uh, you know, I think we didn't get beyond four four phases at sometimes in that first half, and um, and uh, we thought that if we could just trust that we can play through the phases, we could get a bit more out of the game. Is that frustrating after sort of preaching the message of being able to build that pressure? Well, yeah, look, it's one of the things we also wanted to recognise before the game, during the game, half-time, was that Interpro does throw that up, and Interpro can become quite stop-starty, and Interpro, you know, challenges you in a different way, there's a lot more at stake, um, it, despite what would happen, you know, we discussed that, it, it may not be as good as you'd like, but it, it will be tough, and you have to tough out every minute, um, you have to tough out the last minute of the game, in particular, if it came to that, and, and despite it would have been a score, wouldn't have changed it. But it was nice to be able to finish in a real strong fashion. Um, albeit we probably just chased the ruck too hard a couple of times and gave the opportunity for ref to give a yellow and uh, and um, and challenge us a little bit further. So we expected a little bit of mess in the game, a little bit of stop start. You know, I think the scrum was interesting the way it was managed and it probably threw the team off a couple, both teams off a little bit and they became a little bit scrappy at times but yeah it's not perfect but we expected this would be a tough game that may have had you know not a flow to it it was going to have to be just a good strong arm wrestle and and thankfully we've come out on top i think the way jacob's handled himself has been brilliant you know last year he he came onto the scene and um we managed him well i think he had nine starts 19 games but we just had to manage how he how he built into this next level of rugby, and I think the off season he's he's he's, he's handled that well with the, the Irish jersey, and he came back in good nick, and he's continuing to um, perform well. There are some things in his game that we're, we're we're really trying to get on top of of with him, you know, and I think we saw a little bit of growth in those areas. But the one thing he does is he backs himself. He's he's got this uncanny ability at the moment to be able to beat a tackle and accelerate through gaps and and then even tonight you even saw where he could use the death pass and then stay alive again and read the playoff Charles but uh, it was a brilliant piece of rugby if you look at how they broke us and then 
Charles was so smart how he just played with the space and knew that he'd cover a chip. He actually forced him to chip, covered it. Jacob worked hard to get back off his left wing. Beautiful pass, and then they played the game up the middle. It was, it was a pretty special try, really, yeah. which, which helped ignite the crowd again, too, for us. How important is the kicking of John Kennedy this season, having come in not as the front-line kicker? Yeah, it was... Well, <laughs> it didn't work as well in the friendlies and a couple of early games, but he, he's really pulled it together. He's done some work with, um, you know, with the kicking coaches and, and, and just tried to tidy up a few things. He has been good. It's been important for us. Um, look, we had Marshall on the bench. We nearly put Marshall on a bit earlier, but we, you know, he had a big cut to his head the previous week, and, and we just didn't want to expose it too much. And, and I thought for John, it was good to go through the game. And, and with it being tight, we just might have needed those extra two points or three points here or there. And um, he's been delivering on that. Uh, but, you know, at times, you know, the, the, the game speed, the ball from the base, at times I would have liked it a little bit quicker. But he, he, you know, he's starting to grow with. Uh, the familiarity, is that a word? Familiarity with his forward pack, with Christian. Um, you know, he's starting to pick those a few things. I think he hasn't run the ball as much as he has in the past, I don't think. And we saw one little dart from him today. So I think he's starting to grow really comfortable with the shape that we're doing. Okay, so that's pretty much it then. We're going to leave the ground. I talked to a few fans out there, William, and they were genuinely a little bit. Uh, along the same lines as us, if what I'm trying to say, you know, relatively enthused that the team have improved over the last two games and maybe feeling that they're starting to be on the right track. But understanding what we understand right here, what we said in the piece that you've heard already, next two games are must wins, though. If you're going to back up these performances, you got to win against Onya and you got to win against Worcester. Yeah, you do. Um, there's a lot to take from the last two Friday nights, but there isn't any points on the board. Um, one point, you're forgetting the bonus, four point, four try bonus gets started, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I'm going to say it now in the pedantic way, but leave that aside. Yep, okay, uh, you're right. Um, but we get your point. Yeah, it's when they sit down to analyse it, they're going to like a lot of stuff. What they may feel disappointed about is they didn't convert chances uh, that they had. Neither did Ulster. It was a proper, hard interpro game. Very enjoyable match to watch. Um, but now in going into Europe, two wins are required uh, if they're going to be serious about competing in Europe and overall there is a huge improvement I mean compared to when we were at the Dragons uh, which is about three weeks ago and that seems like now about three months ago yeah. that was a sh that was a sh awful night yeah. they were really poor that night yeah. so things have improved um, but you still need to get some, some ticks in the wins column because uh, it's important you, you will gain so much confidence from a win and they still have only had one. But there's lots of room to improve, but they have improved and roll on next week. Yeah, listeners will have heard me ask here, Marmion, about the fact that the team might be showing signs over the last couple of weeks that things are getting better and there's a lot more understanding. He concurred. And, uh, and he definitely got that message out there that it takes a little bit of time. That's what we've been hearing inside the camp. I think that yeah. time is done now. I think they're ready to start performing under him to some degree. Maybe some of the patterns will take longer to develop, but the initial stuff's done. I, I would say that they are. They have started to perform. Yeah. The uh, defence, massive improvement on last week, only letting one try in tonight, and that was, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, something from completely out of the blue. Other than that, the defence looked really strong. They had, Ulster had one chance in the second half of Piet how I passed it. Other than that, I thought the defence had moved up a huge amount. Attack could probably do it a little bit more help, but um, they're putting pressure on. They're getting scores. 
almost at the right time. They could have done one near near the end where they could have scored again. They had it over that, but that wig, they really yeah. botched it as the ball went across. The yeah, and you know that's that's maybe a little bit you know, but, but look at where they were. They're, they're, they're in Ulster. They're yeah. in the place where they never get anything, and they're pounding away at the line to to try and get a score at the end. If you look at where they start the season, almost there's only one coach there from the last regime. And already they're getting themselves to a point where they're very, very competitive, and it's now a case of just getting wins on the board. Yeah, William. If you had told me after the Cardiff defeat, seconds afterwards, that this that particular Connacht team that walked off that pitch to a silence from the crowd and, and to an angry coach's response would turn it around and a four-try bonus point against the Scarlets and only lose by eight, or put in a big performance here and only lose by eight, I think I would have snapped your hands off. You would have done. Um, and to be fair to uh, Kieran Kane, he. He was looking for performances. He was looking for players to stand up. He's happy at the moment. We heard that in the interviews. Yeah, I think he should be. Um, happy might be stretching it, but he's, he's feeling more enthused. Yeah, I think he's probably coming to terms with it. He's, he talked last week about he needed to be patient. Um, there's a couple of times this season maybe Connick needed to be a tad more patient, but that will come with wins. Wins cover up a lot of problems, and they just need to get to get moving on that they have the two games in Europe then they've got Munster at home and then they've got the Cheetahs coming at home so those are all they're just vital games that'll bring us up to the to the November break and we're really into the season then so um, but that was just a thoroughly enjoyable game this evening a bit mad at times a bit chaotic um, but energising rugby to watch OK so I'll do some research my brother lives in Geneva Speaking of moving, we got to get moving anyways. Um, my brother lives in Geneva, so I must find some pubs that aren't extremely expensive and some restaurants that aren't extremely <laughs> expensive. And maybe I'll, do, maybe, maybe, I'll, uh, maybe I'll record a little piece for you to throw into the mini podcast during the week so you can throw that in if I find something. If not, you could take it as red that I couldn't find any, which is probably what's going to happen. Anyways, let's, let's leave that aside. we got to get going because you know, we've got a four-hour journey ahead of us. We do, we do, but it's um, going to be interesting for our journey. There's a lot of, awful lot still going around in my head from that match um, that I need to sort of process. Um, but I am, if you look at where we are with a new coaching team, I'm relatively happy. I know the scores aren't there, but I'm relatively happy because it's, everything seems to be coming closer and closer together. In the last few seconds, we got asked, do we have to win next week? Yes. Do we have to put out our absolute full-strength team, including Bundiaki? No. Do we have to? Jared Butler, he needs a rest too. Jared Butler needs a rest. Do you agree that both those players should be rested? William. The <laughs> <laughs> reason why we're laughing is this came up as quite an argument in the car. Um, William's not I, un- I understand the, the requirements to, to race players, but uh, I think the win next week, I think maybe you could race guys at home against Worcester, but I think next week you've got to go out and make a statement and start your European campaign. So if those two chaps are fit, I would be picking them. Whoa, controversial. We're going to argue about that all the way home. That's it from us. Thanks, Alan. Cheers, Rob. Thanks, William. Good night.